Today, we've got the founders of the Canada-based Amazon agency, AMZ One Step, one of the largest companies out there providing photography and listing optimization services for Amazon sellers. So they're gonna share with us everything that they see that is working on Amazon in 2022. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. What happens when you've grown your Amazon business as much as you can and don't have the time or resources to take it to the next level? That's where Thrasio comes in. Thrasio acquires category-leading FBA brands from small business owners just like you and specializes in taking your brand to new heights while you profit from the growth. When you sell your business to Thrasio, your deal could include a long-term earnout, meaning you profit when your brand grows under their management. So if you're thinking about selling your FBA business, visit Thrasio.com slash Helium10 to connect with Thrasio's deals team. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O dot com slash Helium10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon or Walmart world. And, and we've got a couple individuals here on the show who, who help tons of serious sellers out there. We've got uh, Saddam and Kamal. How's it going, guys? Going pretty well. Bradley, how about you? I'm doing just delightful. Um, you guys who have been listening to this podcast, you actually um, you actually heard uh, a little bit ago that uh, you know some of my adventures in, in Saddam's wedding and how I went to the wrong wedding. So you know, check out the episode I did recently with his sister, who actually works for Helium Ten Lay Lama. I don't remember what number that is. I think it might be three twelve. But you, you'll have some some fun stories there. But but thanks again, Saddam, for uh, inviting me to your wedding, my first uh, wedding there in Pakistan, and I was able to to, to see Peshawar, which is a, a beautiful city. I went in the marketplace. You shop in that marketplace, or that you know that one I went to. You weren't with me, but where it's just all kinds of endless streets with with street vendors and and other stores. You know what? I've only been there a few times, uh, so it is. You did get the local experience, so to speak, but. Um, yeah, it was great to have you at the wedding. I'm glad that I was the one giving you that experience uh, yeah. to be at a Pakistani wedding. And I'm sure, you know, you covered the story on, on your side. But from my end, I was at the wedding. And uh, funny enough, before the wedding, just random people were messaging me asking about your schedule. And I'm like, who are these people? I need to uh, maybe cooperate. Maybe they're just planning uh, the schedule out for Bradley. So I gave them more information, but it was just random people just texting me throughout the week, uh, either on Facebook, even LinkedIn. Um, and then on the day of the wedding, I don't see you for a few hours. And I got a little bit worried because it was Peshawar. And uh, I kept asking my sister, I'm on stage, guys. And I kept asking my sister <laughs> where Bradley is. Have you heard from him? And her phone was off for some reason. So um, yeah. luckily, obviously, you know, we, we got in touch with Bradley, even my partner, Anas, um, he was <laughs> at the wedding and I told him maybe he's at the men's side because, um, weddings in Pakistan, you know, we have uh, segregation between men and women, yep. Yep. um, and all the action happens on the women's side. So, uh, I didn't know if Bradley was stuck on the men's side, just talking to some random, uh, person, <laughs> but, uh, he wasn't there, but it was good that he finally got there and, um. I came I, at the I perfect time. It was right when your sisters just started to dance. I got to see all of your dances and uh, a lot of choreography went into that. I mean, that was like 
15 dances, I, I think, overall, that were all choreographed dances. So it was kind of like, just like you see in the movies, guys. It was, it was a pretty cool uh, experience and a really great food as well. So thanks again uh, for inviting me over. And now you and your uh, you and your your wife are, are now back in Canada? We are, yes. Excellent, excellent. All right. Now, um, first of all, Saddam, by the way, guys, has been... Uh, on this show before. So if you want to get into like more of his backstory about how he got into e-commerce, you know, look up his name on uh, helium10.com forward slash podcast. I don't have the exact uh, episode number there, but, but it should come up and, and it's really great. Um, how, you know, interesting how his story went from, I think he wanted to do something super boring before like banking or accounting or something like that. And, and now he's, he's living the life, uh, you know, working and helping Amazon sellers. Now, this is the first time Kamal has been uh, on the show and, um, both of you founded uh, AMZ One Step Together. Is that uh, how it works? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's correct. You know, we we are you know both the founders. So how it's it's a funny story. You know, uh, I was actually an Amazon coach. I used to you know uh, teach people how to sell on Amazon, and uh, you know I was organizing one one meetup there. So you know, Saddam showed up with you know with one of his friends, and he was he was our mutual friend. So that's where we met, and uh, I was already working on you know AMZ One Step a little bit. You know. Saddam was, you know, one of, you know, he was really interested in how to sell on Amazon. He learned how to sell mm -hmm. on Amazon. And then, you know, at one of the meters, I'm like, yeah, Saddam, you, you know, you sound like a really smart guy. You know, you want to be a part of AMZ One Step. And he was, you know, all in for that. And since then, you know, we, we've been, you know, we've been together. Okay, cool. Now, I, I kind of like call you guys sometimes the United Nations of, of the Amazon world, because, you know, typically not, this doesn't go for everybody, but, you know, sometimes people who don't know much uh, uh, about, you know, geopolitical or different things you know the one thing they know is like wait a minute uh, i thought people from india and people from pakistan like they're not very friendly to each other but here you've one from india one from pakistan and you guys have joined together to make a company and, and uh and you're not trying to kill each other or fight each other or, or things like that huh that is true you know that's quite, yeah. quite a story you know uh, maybe indians and pakistanis you know they don't get along really well when they're in india and pakistan but once you move out of India and Pakistan, once you're, you know, living in yeah. USA or Canada, it, you're just one, you know, there's... I love it. Yeah, so... Amazon yeah. world breaking down barriers and bringing, uh, bringing people uh, together. I love it. Now, let's talk a little about your backstory, Kamal, because since this is the first time you've been on here, like, you know, what did you, uh, you know, uh, uh, were you born and raised in, in Canada? Uh, no, I moved to Canada in 2010. I was born and raised in India. So mm -hmm. I finished my, you know, high school there. So I moved to Canada for electronics engineering. So I took that for about uh, three years in Niagara Falls, right across the border. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. took took that and, you know, uh, then I moved to Calgary, uh, did telecommunication job for about, you know, two to three years. Then, you know, all of a sudden, uh, somehow I found, you know, a YouTube video, how to start selling on Amazon, uh, you know, started doing some retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, wholesale. Then I, you know, ended up doing a uh, private label, you know, uh, after what what made you even get into that? Like you weren't really satisfied with that job that you had or is like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this the rest of my life or what even made you look for videos on, on selling online? The, there is an interesting story, you know, behind, behind that. So um, when we were students, you know, we were a bunch of, you know, we were like five guys living in a house, you know, three guys upstairs and there's two guys in the, in the basement. And one of the guys living in the basement, you know, I think it was in 2013 and he always stayed in his room and we were always asking him to, Hey, let's, let's just go out, you know, let's go out and hang out and, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have some fun. But, you know, he was always, you know, locked up in his room. And all of a sudden, you know, after two to three years, you know, all of a sudden he started posting on Snapchat, you know, hey, I teach people how to, 
you know, uh, how to how to do Forex exchange. You know, you can do trading and stuff like that. He was into Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies back in the days. And, uh, you know, he was he started doing well. Uh, I messaged him one day. I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I want to learn Forex exchange, too. If you're making that much money, teach me as well. And he's like, mm-hmm. come on, sure. But I do charge $2,000 for this. And that's USD, which is like 2,700 Canadian. I'm like, yeah. bro, yeah. you're you're my friend, you know. We we live together, and you're like, I <laughs> I, I know, but uh, um, but you know, this is what it is. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so can I split in three different installments because I didn't have money that time? He's like, ah, oh, Kamal, uh, that's really tough, you know. Maybe save up some money and come back later after, you know, maybe three or four months. And I kind of, you know, I I kind of took that to heart. I'm like, oh, you know what? There's something, you know, I, I there's something I need to do better. Uh, with my life, you know, not just go to the job and come yeah. home yeah. and watch TV. And that was the moment when I realized that, okay, I'm not just going to sit home and watch TV. I need to find something, you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, of which what he did with his life, you know, he was locked in his room. He was learning crypto. He was learning, you know, Forex exchange. And I kind of followed, I was inspired by him and I, I followed his route. And that's how I, you know, um, found okay. UT Britney. I started learning, uh, watching like how to make, money online and uh, on youtube and uh, there's one guy you know he showed up and he was teaching how to uh how to make money on amazon so mm-hmm. i've heard of amazon selling before but that moment and that video had me started cool, that cool. all right so, go ahead he's he, he, he he's our that guy now. ended up being our client by the way so um yeah yeah good and, story all right he, he, i love it you know it's I always ask these kind of backstories because it just shows, you know, sometimes I think there's a feeling out there that, ah, man, you know, there's no, you know, I can't get into Amazon, you know, like uh, I'm a veterinarian or I I work as a nurse's assistant or, or my education was about geology. Like, you know, what knowledge do I have to get started on Amazon? But I've asked this, you know, now over 300 guests and not, no two people have had exactly the same backstory about their education or the exact same backstory about how they got into e-commerce or or what their first jobs were. So really, you know, the point I try and make when I ask this, these questions is, like, guys, you know, the, you, you can come from any background and, and really get involved in, in e-commerce. You know, d- there's no prerequisites, as it were, for it. So, so it was nice to, to hear your story. Now, let's fast forward. You know, you guys have uh, AMZ One Step, which is a part of our trusted partner directory. For those of you guys who don't know out there, we have um, a directory of of partner service providers who, who offer services and and things like shipping and, and photography and things that Helium 10 doesn't have, but you know Amazon sellers need. And so they were one of the first members that we had of that directory, uh, AMZ One Step. So so make sure to go to directory.helium10.com. You can find their their contact information and and, and find out about what they do and, and other companies do. But I really like uh, interviewing people who are agencies as well, as opposed to just individual sellers, because you guys have a lot more experience uh, or a lot more varied experience because you're dealing with like, you know, 50 to 100 different sellers at a time. And so you've seen a lot more as a singular seller as far as like crazy things that happen on the good side or on the bad side. Now, one of your main things of how you guys came into my network was you kind of have a good reputation of of having some great uh, like a great photography studio. And a lot of sellers have told me good things about how 
they send their images to you and, and you can do videos and stuff. And so we're actually in the midst of a case study right now. I know we're, you know, for Project X where we sent you all of our Project X and we're like, hey, let's do new photo shoots and we're going to repurpose this for uh, Amazon Post and then we're going to use some to, to update our A-plus content. So we're not going to talk too much about that because we're actually doing a detailed case study and we're going to come out with blogs and, and some videos about that later on. But one thing that we haven't really talked about much in the show and you guys also do, which I didn't know until like one month ago or two months ago is, you guys have actually like a photography studio based in China. Do I have that right? Okay. So yeah. then I'm assuming then the advantage of that is like, if I'm a, you know, I'm in Canada, I'm in the USA, I'm in Europe and I'm sourcing from China instead of having to have samples FedEx to me and, and, you know, pay possibly more money, you know, in, in my country that I can just send it and it gets there the next day or in two days to, to your, to your studio. Is that mainly the kind of people who, who use your services over there? Exactly, you know. For for example, if you have an oversized product, you know, it would cost you shit ton shit ton of money, you know, shipping that product to either Canada or USA, and also it will take take a lot of time and plus paying customs and everything. So that saves that problem, you know. If your manufacturer is in China, you can ship your product directly to over China Studio. Not just that, you know. Uh, we also have, you know models from different demographics so it's not like you know you're you're getting asian models only you can get like models from like any demographics so i think that uh, it saves you time it saves you money and it's it's a lot quicker and easier so i think that's the benefit of having a, a studio in china for example if you're a seller who's like you know uh, who's selling oversized products or if you have like multiple products if you have like maybe 100 SKUs or 500 SKUs and you need consistent photography or videography then having a studio in china is one of your safest bet okay cool um we'll definitely try that out you know i have an another project 5k um case study product that you know it's not new but um the the images are dated i think and and uh, we'll we'll give that a try and I'll give you guys a report on how that works. But I think that might be news to a lot of people. Like you know, maybe they're like, hey, no, I don't want only you know Asian uh, models. But you know, there's there's people with blonde hair. There's people with blue eyes. There's people who are um, Latino who who are living in China and work as models. And so you can kind of pick your your demo. You know, there's old people. There's young people. You know, like you can kind of pick your demographics. That's pretty cool. Now now then, Saddam, like, what's why would somebody use the Canadian studio that you guys have? Like, I'm assuming it costs a lot more money for a user to to use your studio in Canada as opposed to China. So like, in what circumstances is it better to use like your North American studio? 100%. So uh, the reason behind the Chinese studio was essentially to help expedite the branding piece. Uh, if you're launching a product and it's in China, you can ship it to Chinese studio. Similarly, there's a lot of products that are being manufactured within North America. Let's say supplements, for the most part, are manufactured within the U.S. Mm. or Canada. So it makes a lot more sense to have uh, another base studio in all these different countries, including, you know, we have one in the U.K. If they prefer a European uh, touchpoint, then that's what we give them. Uh, so in those cases, usually clients prefer to send to the Canadian studio. Um, another thing that we've noticed is... With our Canadian studio, of course, we have a little more uh, diversity. So last year, we created our own custom studio. And think about it as a massive IKEA store where you have different rooms differently staged, like a bedroom, gym setting, washroom, kitchen. There's a lot of these settings available within our studio. And I'm happy to do um, huh. you know, a virtual tour with you someday, uh, Bradley. 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought you guys were just doing like renting out Airbnbs or, or something like that. I didn't realize you had all that in-house, man. Exactly. And the whole premise behind that was to create a production house. Uh, so if you go to like video sets, uh, movie sets, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. in Hollywood, it just takes care of a lot of ad- additional issues. So you have all your lighting equipment there. You have all your production crew there. You have all the props staged there. And uh, you will notice when you have everything in one place, uh, the end results also come out phenomenal. So usually when they compare uh, between different studios, the agencies or freelancers that are using maybe Airbnbs and hotels, uh, they have to take care of a lot of different steps. And as a result, sometimes the the quality gets uh, compromised. Yeah, yeah. So, so now just, just some kind of best practice. And I mean, we had uh, Leilama here talking about a lot of this already, but, but some things we didn't really cover is, for example, like let's say I'm doing the initial photo shoots, um, you know, regardless if I'm doing it in the Chinese studio or I'm doing it in the Canada studio or I'm doing it myself. Like what's the best practice? Like should I just focus for that first shoot if this is a brand new product on only my main images, like my main image and then, you know, the supplementary infographics and lifestyle images? Or should I all at once start doing a whole bunch of other like shots that I eventually would use once I do A plus content or uh, once I, you know, try and and make my store uh, storefront my brand page or, or if I want to put it in social media? Or should I wait to do those until I kind of, get some idea about what my customers really appreciate about my product or should I just go ahead and take care of all that from, from day one? So it's, it's going to depend on uh, number one, your budget and number two, your end objective. And the second part is more important. So a lot of people think about budget, you know, okay, I have a few hundred dollars to spare, let's say uh, on mm-hmm. the images, they just get the necessaries done and they launch the product. But ultimately you need to ask yourself the question, are you trying to create a brand or are you just trying to make a product move on Amazon? If it's the brand that you're after, then everything needs to be taken care of, uh, regardless whether you do it on day one or you do it after a while once you have brand registry access. I would recommend once uh, you approach an agency or you have someone vetted, uh, go for the complete shoot. So that shoot should have raw assets for your images, for a content, uh, video, as well as the storefront. Everything should be taken care of because what's gonna happen is down the line, if you do the images first and afterwards you do A plus content from let's say someone else, it's not going to have the same consistency that you need Mm -hmm. to have for a brand to be successful and have a consistent brand messaging across all platforms. Okay, good to know. Now, now Kamal, when would you suggest um, like maybe I, I, I'm not, I think you guys offer this as well, but just in general, uh, 3d renderings as opposed to photography, should it be a mix? Or if I go one, if I'm doing any 3d rendering, I need to make all of my images that 3d rendering and not have it look weird because some are photography might look different. Or, or can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think, uh, it, it- it, it's a great question. So it's a mixture of everything. So at first, we need to take a look at what your competitors are doing. For example, if you're in order to get you that click, if your competitors are doing 3D rendering, then we have to go that route. And second, let's say if they're not, what kind of product it is? It, is it a transparent product? Is it a highly reflective product? Or is it, uh, you know, depending on like what your product is, then we decide if we want to go with the 3D rendering or not. Let's say we do decide that we, we want to go with the 3D rendering route, then the main image 
has to be 3D rendered just because it lo- it's, looks so flawless. But when it comes to the lifestyle images, it has to be a mixture of 3D rendering plus, you know, the stock footage where you can, you know, Photoshop them together so that it looks real. If you're going to render the entire lifestyle, it's not going to look real. And also, it, it you know, it it's going to take longer and it's also expensive. So so the best practice is to have a mixture of both, both of them. Okay. All right. Um, switching from pictures or photography a little bit, let's talk about videos. You know, back in the day, unless you were like a vendor, you couldn't even do video. So this wasn't even a topic, you know, but now there's multiple ways that you can use videos with your Amazon listings. You know, some of them are in your main image stack. Um, another common use would be, uh, you know, for video advertising, sponsored brand video ads. So I'm sure, I'm assuming that you guys, you know, handle tons of customers to do both. What's working, what's not working, you know, the last few months in, in the video world uh, for, for each of those different uh, use cases? Okay, so what's working at the moment is, you know, is the highly engaging, you know, uh, in action with visual references. Those kind of videos are working really, really well at the, at that moment. You know, back in the days and everyone was using, you know, the pure white background and, you know, with some infographics and basic editing that was, you know, doing the job, but Amazon is getting like, more and more competitive. So if you want to stand out, you know, just think of this as uh, not just a listing video, but a product ad, you know, you have to, you know, engage your audience in the first few seconds, maybe start your video with, you know, with with the highly engaging content. Let's say if you're selling, uh, uh, you know, for example, uh, really sturdy glass, you know, maybe compare it with uh, something, you know, the glass uh, cup falls down and it breaks and so that it captures that moment. So, so the mm. lifestyle videos are working really, really well when it comes to the listing or PPC video or wherever you want to use that. So I, I would say lifestyle video, uh, which connects emotionally, are, are working really well at the moment. What would you guys say is the ideal length? Like, do you suggest to customers or do customers, you know, ask you or what do you, regardless of what, what your answer is, like, what would you say is the ideal length for like a, a product image stack video? And what would be the ideal length of uh, like a sponsored brand video ad uh, for, for, for somebody to, to film? For the video ad, ideally uh, 20 seconds is the, is what you want to aim for. Uh, but for the listing video, you know, you can, depending on what kind of product there is and what you want to, uh, you know, uh, let's say if it's a testimonial video, you can, you know, go with the 40 to 45 seconds. If it's like how to use or how to assemble kind of a video, it may extend as well, you know, because you want to, because now you're not trying to sell. It's, 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 it's a problem solving of, uh, or instructional video that can be uh, longer too. So it really depends for the listing video. It really depends what your motive is. But for the video ad, twenty seconds is the sweet spot where you wanna you know where you wanna be. And uh, just one thing I'd like to add to this is mm-hmm. we can upload multiple videos to a listing. Um, so let's say for some products that are more, you have to create an infomercial or you have to educate the customer first. Um, it's a supplement that was clinically tested, as an example. That study, or if it if it's a long video, you can put it essentially as a second video uh, on the listing as well. And what we also need to keep in mind is there are other video placements. So as an example, you can put a video on the storefront. Um, same with A plus premium content. Uh, you know, you can put a video there. So I would highly encourage taking advantage of all those other placements too, especially storefront. Uh, you know, you have access to it. Uh, if you're brand registered. So mm-hmm. even for storefronts, same kind of concept, you want it to be sort of an elevator pitch. Uh, what is your store about? What kind of products there are? And more and more nowadays, it's becoming important to talk about the brand as well. 
how did you guys create the brand? What's the inspiration behind it? Just like you do with your podcast, you know, the same kind of story that resonates with customers that then become part of that ecosystem and promote the brand uh, outside of the platform. Okay, good to know. Now, th- this next question is kind of like for either or, or both of you. Um, again, I'm, I'm assuming this, but I'm assuming that sometimes clients reach out to you and they just want you to kind of like do an audit on their whole f- uh, operation and like, hey, you know, do I need listing optimization? Do I need new images? You know, what about my keywords and things? So, you know, you guys having so many different clients, can you talk about what is one of the biggest things or the most common things that's like an easy win that you guys kind of take over for them? That, that in other words, that the sellers they're doing really bad at like, what's the most common thing that, that you guys are improving for them? Is it, is it their images? Is it their, their keywords? Are they doing something stupid with their, their bullet points or what is it? Yeah, I, I, I can take that maybe. So, you know, we have one of the call to actions on our website is the listing audits and we do lots of listing audits, you know, every single month. And the, one of the most common ones, which is the low hanging fruit is the main image, you know, what you can do, you know, first thing what we do is look at the brand analytics, search for their main keywords, see what are the top three most clicked ASINs and what are they doing differently. And we do, uh, you know, just a keyword search on the Amazon as well and see if their main image is really standing out or not. So I think main image is is the smaller piece, but it has the huge impact on your listing because the more people that opens up the gateway to your listing just by changing the main image or just by optimizing it so that you get that click, you know, is the low hanging fruit and which mm-hmm. many sellers are doing it wrong. And that's the one of the first thing that we point out here, you know what, your click through rate, your competitors yeah. are getting, you know, a 15% click share on that specific keyword looks like you're not even on the top three. It's like, you know, it's going to be, it, it has, it has to be less than 4%. So, you know, those are some of the low hanging fruits with the, you know, huge wins uh, that we see. Interesting. Any more, Saddam? Yeah, I was going to say sometimes uh, it's what I see common is sellers don't understand what the issue is. So at times I would just run a Cerebral report and show them that the problem is not the conversion, it's the traffic. Uh, You know, you're not Mm -hmm. organically ranked on any of the keywords. And from the looks of it, there's no sponsored listings um, on any of the keywords either. And... uh, just to show them that data, you know, helps them quite a bit. And then we can navigate from there, whether, you know, they want their advertising strategy fixed. And like Kamal said, if it comes to creatives or if it comes to just the product page itself, uh, main image, of course, is a, is a big one. The other one is that, again, goes back to the debate, right? Do you go with a freelancer or do you go with an agency? Because what I find is when I audit these listings, Uh, The sequence of images is not sought out from a standpoint of conversion. So it's usually a designer or a photographer uh, doing all those images and they don't understand how to do that research. I'm all for DIY uh, photography because that's done by the brand or the seller themselves. But when they outsource to an external photographer or designer, their expertise only lies in that specific area. Mm-hmm. It's either design or photography. They don't have image optimization specialists. They don't have uh, a team of photographers or designers to create that whole project and make that conversion ready for Amazon. Interesting. All right. That, that's really good to know. Um, as we know, there I don't know, there's something like 16, 17 different Amazon marketplaces, you know, from Japan to to uh, Israel, to, um, you know, to 
Netherlands and just a bunch of new ones too. Uh, I know you guys have clients all over the world. I'm just curious, like, are there any particular marketplace where you guys have just stopped, man, like, it seems like more people are all of a sudden, you know, interested in, in this marketplace. I'm, I'm sure Amazon USA is probably your biggest customer base, but are there any other international marketplaces you think we, we need to start paying attention to because you see some trends moving in that direction? I think Germany, Germany is one of the, you know, uh, interesting ones after USA, you know, uh, and UK, you know, Germany, uh, the listings, third most, you know, uh, the country where we have done the listings for is, is Germany, basically. So I think that's, that should be on the lookout for, uh, and we haven't seen much on Australia or any other countries other than, you know, in the European side, I think Germany has the potential. I don't know if Saddam has seen anything. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. Germany, I think if there's one more European country that we start seeing, I think the whole EU is going to pick up, right? Because essentially with one subscription, you get access to all of them. So UK and Germany, for sure. Okay. Now, now speaking of that, and also going back to what we were talking about, about having different races of, of models there at your Chinese uh, um, office, and I'm assuming you, uh, assuming you have that at, at, in Canada too, but, but like, let's say I sell on multi-marketplaces. Like for my lifestyle images, should I be, for example, using Indian models if I'm going to be selling in Amazon India? Um, if I'm in America, should I use uh, uh, you know North American, Western-looking people, um, et cetera? You know, if I'm selling the UAE, should I should I have you know models that come from that region, or you pretty much hey just just use the same the same images, the same lifestyle images with the same models for any marketplace? I think we haven't really come to you know uh, that uh, that kind of a situation before where you need like different model for models for different. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, di- different marketplaces. Uh, and it, what we believe in, uh, Bradley, is it's not the lifestyle environment or it's not the models which sell your product. It's your product mm. with the visual references which makes, mm-hmm. you know, which makes the difference, you know. So so the, as long as you're, for example, let me, you know, uh, let me give an example of a visual reference. Uh, if you're selling, uh, you know, anti-slip bathroom mat, you know, there is a one... A listing image I came across. There is a pregnant woman. You know, she's just stepping out of the bathroom, and she's she's just stepping on that uh, on that mat. It just shows that you know it it, it it's the extreme emotions, and it doesn't yeah. really matter what kind of race you know, what kind of you know uh, what kind of model or environment there is, as long as the image is speaking for itself. Now the like buyers they're gonna think, wow, the pregnant lady is using this product, which is, it has to be safe. You know, it's an anti-slip. Yeah. So, so models and the locations, they are, they are the secondary, but how we're trying to capture that picture and how we're trying to showcase that benefit and feature of the product is, is more important than, you know, than. That's good to know. You know, that means, we, you know, because if the, if your answer was the opposite, that means, oh, there we go. We, another thing, we got to budget hundreds of dollars more if we have to take different images with, with different models. So I, I, I like that. Now, A plus content. Um, I haven't updated my A plus content on on um, Project X in a while. We we're definitely actually Leilama is working on that uh, project with uh, Shivali here. Uh, there we go. There's another uh, Indian and Pakistan uh, and, and Pakistani uh, collaboration there. I told you Amazon is bringing uh, countries together. But anyways, um, for you guys, for for your clients, what's uh, is there a certain template that you're like, oh, this template is outperforming the other templates, or or every single A plus content needs to have this certain module or or use this kind of theme, or make sure not to use images that you use in your in your image stack for A plus content. What what are some tips and tricks you can give us about what's working uh, in A plus content these days? Yeah, so there are some best practices. Um, we first want to see 
the whole catalog of the store. Uh, you know, if it's if there's any opportunities for cross-selling, as an example, we will definitely do a comparison chart module. Uh, there, it's the only way where you can hyperlink different products on your product page without actually mm. paying for it. So you can do it through sponsored mm. listings, but again, that's that's paid. Uh, then we look at the nature of the product. Do we need to focus? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Are you saying that in A plus? Con- I, I can see this. This shows you how how long I've been away from this. In the A plus content, there's a there's a module that you can add where you can actually hyperlink and have an image like a thumbnail of your other products. Like if 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 I have the black coffin shelf and and I have a you know a green and blue and red, I can put that right there in my A plus content and somebody just clicks and it goes to it. Affirmative, yes. I didn't even know that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So uh, again, A plus content that's a great cross selling opportunity uh, where you can not just hyperlink and and put an image. You can actually give their features as well. So that customers know exactly which one is better suited for their needs. Um, We also look at the nature of the product. If it needs to be something that we need to purely focus on the premiumness, let's say it's a home decor product, as an example, coffin shelves. We want to showcase maybe hero shots of the product so that people can take a better uh, look at the quality and the material that it's made out of. Um, if it's a product where we need to educate the customer, then we will use or reference modules where we need a lot of content to be inside it. So there are some tricks that we do when it comes to A plus content. As an example, we can merge the banners and we sometimes either make it clean as in just putting all the text within the banners. Or if it's more of a professional outlook, let's say some brands, mm-hmm. they want to be they want to go for the minimalist approach. Then we just keep it on white and then have a lot of content callouts um, and have CTAs in there. So that's my take on it. I don't know, Kamal, if you want to add. I think, I think you already touched on that. You know, merging two different modules is a really, you know, uh, is one of the best ways to make your A plus content, you know, is, is to take your, if you want to take your A plus content to the whole next level, just merge modules together and have them on a white background. That will, you know, uh, your competitors will keep scratching their heads that how the hell did you guys do this? Because it's it just looks so clean and oh, you I can't like even that. tell like what kind of module is this because you can make it look like a, a, a launch pad A plus content. You can make the same A plus from the basic A plus content. You can make yeah. it look like, uh, you know, any module. So that's, that is the beauty of, you know, uh, of, of, of merging different band modules together. So, so to answer your short, you know, uh, what you can do is merge 970 by 600 banners. Like you can stack them five and then design them like a one image and then, then cut them between 970 by 600. I hope I make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's super, that's super valuable. I know. Um, I never even thought about that, but yeah, like as long as you know, they're not putting borders around each module. So then you can just blend them. Uh, or even if they were putting borders, the borders are, are white. So, you know, just, they just kind of blend together. That's super, super cool. Speaking of this, you know, th- this actually kind of leads into our next thing that we always do at the towards the end of episodes is our, t- our TST, 30-second tip. So I figured instead of just having one each or something, we're going to go back and forth uh, for however much time we have left. And, and uh, each of you can give your 30-second tip of something, you know, kind of unique strategy that you and your team has used or that you know is working that you think most of our customers don't know about. So a 30-second tip. Uh, there is an aura of a product on Amazon. And what that aura is consists of three things. What 
the brand is talking about uh, that product, what the, the customers say about that product, and what Amazon says about that product. So the brand is basically your digital assets, all your images, videos, A-plus content. The customers is your reviews and ratings. Work on that. They have to be good. And then Amazon, sometimes if you get lucky or you know if you have a superior product, you get these badges from Amazon. So all these three things included actually make the persona uh, of your product and it gives out an aura which appeals customers at the end. I never heard, uh, never heard of uh, be, being uh, referred to as Aura. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, Kamal, what about you? Well, you have a 30-second tip for us? Okay, so I'm going to talk about the main images. So your main image you know, is a four-step process. One, it has to be attractive. Number two, it has to be clear enough so that people are not guessing it. Number three, it should build up that interest that they want to know more. They want to know more about it. And fourth, that's when they click on your listing. So this is the four-step process for your main image. And the bonus tip would be use a label it strategy. People do not to read, they don't need to read the title or you know look at the price or reviews. Your main image can do this, you know, can win you that click by using the label it strategy. I don't know if I can explain the label it strategy in 30 Go seconds ahead. or not. Okay, so if well, I can, the, 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 the T in the TST now stands for two minute strategy. So, so go ahead. <laughs> okay, so how label it strategy works is, for example, uh, if you're selling, uh, you know, if, if you search on Amazon, search for protein powders, you're going to see lots of, you know, uh, bottles and everything. And you'll see that 25 grams of protein, you know, popping out or something. It looks like it's part of that label, but it's not. And it, it, it kind of deceives the Amazon's bot system that Amazon would still mm-hmm. accept that. And try to come up with the, your unique selling point using the label it strategy. Let's say if your product does not have a label or packaging, how do you use it? Best example is, you know, think of, Take a look at the cutting board on Amazon. You're going to come up with a bestseller. The person, it, it's the Gorilla brand. They are they are the masters of this strategy. So they have three cut cutting boards in a set of three different sizes. They have labeled it around. It come maybe it comes with the label, maybe it does not. Uh, but they have used their unique selling point uh, as an infographic, like extra large cutting boards, which, you know, which gives you a competitive advantage. It looks like it's a label and Amazon system cannot catch it. You have a competitive edge using the label it strategy and it can be used on many others. And we have broken down the main image strategies into like 12 different strategies. If you want to take a look at go to amzonestep.com slash blog, you'll find that, you know, so, so, so this is one of the strategies that you can use for your main image. So. Interesting. I hadn't heard of that. So, so since Kamal took took uh, like pretty much three thirty second tips there, Lassan, why don't you give us one more uh, tip on your side just to even it out here? Yeah, for sure. I'll talk about customer lifetime value. So we talked about A plus content where we have a cross selling opportunity. There are a lot of upsell opportunities and recurring buyer base opportunities too. So the way to upsell is you know introduce virtual bundles. Um, or give, again, visual references that Amazon, um, you know, Kamal likes a lot. So instead of one lamp, show maybe two lamps and create a promotion around it. Buy one, get one 50% off. Same thing with recurring clients. So with the help of, let's say, subscribe and save, now uh, the 15% discount that you're giving to recurring repeat purchases, that will be lower than your A cost. So basically your customer acquisition cost is more than what you're giving them as a discount to be a repeat customer. So this is how you kind of increase your customer lifetime value. And that's important in order to establish a brand on Amazon. 
Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I knew you guys were going to be a wealth of information and you definitely have been. Um, uh, guys, you know, check them out, you know, amzonestep.com, or you can see their, their info in the directory.helium10.com. Uh, we've been using them for project X. And, and now, like I said, we're going to try out their, their Chinese, um, uh, photo photography studio services, uh, with project 5k. So uh, I'll be doing a look out for the blogs that, that talk about that. And so, you know, hit them up if you want to ask them, uh, any questions you guys in, in social media at all, or, or any other um, links you'd like to uh, plug that people can, can find you guys out there. Yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. It's facebook.com slash amz1step, instagram.com slash amz1step. On Twitter, it's az1step. Got it. All right. Well, again, thank you guys for coming on here. Um, thank you for a great employee that we have uh, that came from your company originally. Now, guys, I did not steal her from the company. She at the time was not working uh, for AMZ One Step. But um, these guys are probably like, we don't want anybody listening to this podcast here because Bradley might steal you guys a, a way to come to Helium 10 uh, now. But uh, we're going to we're going to bring one of your other employees on to like uh, we have another uh, show called the Helium 10 Buzz. So, by the way, guys, if you want to get every week, um, you probably hear this on the podcast already because we, we re redo it on the podcast. But you want to catch it live every week on Wednesdays in our Facebook group um, at uh, 10 a.m., we have this thing, this show called the Helium 10 Buzz, where where it's just kind of like a shortened podcast where we talk about the news stories. And then sometimes we interview people out there instead of like a 45-minute episode like this, it'll be just like a five-minute. So well, we're definitely going to bring somebody else from AMZ One Step to give some more uh, tips and strategies um, on, on photography and listing optimization and things like that. So be on the lookout for that. So again, thank you guys so much for helping us out on our, on our case studies here and and for being part of our directory and for coming in and sharing your, your secrets and, and tips uh, with our audience. So we'll be definitely reaching out to you in the future again. Thank you for having us on the podcast. Always a pleasure to be on this. Thanks, Bradley. Now, Ron, one more quick thing. Uh, Kamal, are you married? Not yet. I was going to say at the beginning that you you are already invited to my wedding. Okay, that's what I was about to say. You better. Um, I want to. I want to go, and hopefully, I'll I'll come to the right wedding uh, this time. Unlike unlike <laughs> what what happened to me in Pakistan with uh, Saddam's wedding. So. There we go. No, no pressure. No, no, no pressure to hurry up uh, on that process, though. So, <laughs> no, we'll, you we know. need them for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time. Sounds good.